Almost caught me off guard. Did catch you off guard. Almost. Also, hello, Did. everybody. Welcome to another episode of Best of Five. My name is Elon. I apologize for not being here last week. For as you know, you what? Texas yeah. was under six inches of snow. And because people decided that our electricity grid shouldn't be under any government things, <laughs> regulations, thank you. Government regulations. Thank you. I, we got it. We got it out there. My brain spat it out. Uh, but yeah, because our electricity grid, uh, people in the state of Texas decided it shouldn't be under government regulation. And they said, hey, we'll do our own thing. And it turns out that they wanted to save money and didn't do anything of those regulations. And that's, you know, a lot of people died because of it. So good, Texas. Anyway, hi, this is a FGC <laughs> talk show. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, for anybody else that's up in Texas, uh, let me know if you guys are surviving okay. Uh, he's uh, things things are still we're still recovering. There's still like no food in supermarkets. There's still people without water. I have a couple friends who lost power again today. So if I'm if this ends abruptly, you know where I am. Uh, that means yeah. I'll have to take over the show. You will. Uh, I look like a Joe Rogan bunker. What's a Joe Rogan bunker? Oh, I'm in the Joe Rogan bunker. Sorry, I can't. I'm. Steve, introduce yourself, will you? I'm having a bad time over here. I'm Steve, Ace King Offsuit Jurek. You see my name up there? That's who I am. That's how you can reach me on Twitter. Uh, the main squeeze. We're here to talk about. We're we're here to talk about fighting games, and there's a whole lot to talk about this week. This is like, it like I felt like I mentioned it last week when we talked about the fighting game roundtable. It feels like sort of an Evo-like atmosphere, but with everything that happened, all the reveals from the roundtable on top of the uh, season final for the for uh, Capcom Pro Tour, it feels like Evo. This feels like a post-Evo show. Am I alone in this? Am I? Is it just me? Are you backing me up on this, Alon? Am I just talking crazy? Can I be completely honest? 100%. 100. Only what you say? What'd you say? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am in no mental state to be hosting this show today, but we're going to power through it, everybody. Um, so, yes, I will oh, agree. It, it is like a post-Evo show. What came before that? I have no idea. Anyway, uh, Steve, before we get into everything, we had Capcom Cup, we had Guilty Gear, we had uh, FGC Dev, Dev Roundtable where there was more backpedaling than if you run the Tour de France backwards. Before we even get to all that. There's a what? There's a lot. Yeah. And Before you know we what? get to all that, though, I'm going to introduce this one. I'm going to do at least one thing right today. Just with that recap, will you? He said it. All right. So, obviously, the big event that took place this weekend was the Capcom Pro Tour season final. Um, if you've been living under a rock for some reason, uh, the uh, Capcom Pro Tour final, the, the uh, Capcom Cup, was canceled, so they invited 
everyone who qualified as well as a few others to put on some exhibition matches uh showing off some of the best uh that street fighter has to offer and there were some really good matches uh you see the results of night one uh jalehe a 4-1 win over picaro holding it down for brazil uh vx bow 4-2 over jiewa in the all china matchup CJ Truth with the speed run. 4 nothing over Mandrake. Uh, that was not so close. On the other hand, uh, the Australian match came down to the wire. Somniac and Rumors came down to the final game. Uh, Somniac getting the 4-3 win there. Uh, Nephew pulling off the 4-2 win over Samurai. And in the main event of night one, Luffy. The former Capcom Cup cha- or the former Evo champion, four-one winner over Phenom. What about night two, Steve? Night two, uh, more heavy hitters there on night two. Uh, it started out in Singapore, the All Singapore match. Sien uh, a four-nothing win over fellow countryman XK or uh, SKZ, excuse me. Uh, Battle of the Birds, Big Bird versus Angry Bird. Big Bird, 4-1 winner, uh, taking it over Angry Bird. All-Dominican matchup, Mena RD. Not only uh, his countrymen, but teammates. Remember, Bandits is uh, the team that Mena RD started, or helped start, at least. Uh, but you know, taking it for... Before you go, Steve, you know who else helped start things? Zero zero. I think that you... Yes. Start best Night. of five. Thank you for the resub. And that's nine months now, so uh, that nine means uh, Twitch, Twitch baby. Yeah. This is, what's uh, Steve? What's Tinge's Twitch baby name? Uh, we're going with Sisone. Okay. I'm trying to do a playoff a season final. Oh, I'm trying to do a playoff a season final. Not quite working out, but uh, that kid's congratulations. Going to grow up. Yeah, that, that kid's going to grow up to get bullied because of that name. So good job, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, big thank you, Tinja. And, you know, it's crazy because he has been using his Prime sub on us for nine months. So every every time he's here, he, he's, he subs with the Prime. And you can, too. If you have Amazon Prime, might as well use it on us because you get a free subscription and if you haven't used it and you leave here, you're going to forget it exists. So might as well give it to us. You know what I'm saying? Don't give, don't let Bezos get more money out of your pocket or my pocket. He's getting the money already. It's yeah, just a matter of, to, are you going to get it, the benefit from that money that you've already given? But then if it's not used, then he gets three more dollars that we wouldn't get. You Taking out Bezos it's $3 cool. at a time. Here we go. Uh, sorry. Now go back to... <laughs> Let's go back to uh, the recap. Uh, the second half of night two saw uh, Takamura knock off uh, one of the most picked people in our prediction contest, Infectious. 4-2 winner uh, for Takamura. The NLBC Classic. IDOM and Smug final game, final round. Uh, but it's Idom, the 4-3 winner in that one. And your main event, Street Fight the Street Fighter season closes 
with a Daigo win, 4-1 over Gachikun. I picked against Daigo with prep time. I deserve to lose. That's as simple as never, simple as that. Never bet against Batman. I thought Daigo was washed up. Where are you at now, Daigo haters? I say that like I'm like a Daigo fanboy or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got to see some of the exhibitions, man. The matches were good. You know, some of, most of them were washes, but the ones that were came close were pretty uh, nail biting. Uh, I think I saw somebody co-streaming it was taking a shot. Everybody, every time. In, uh, Vicious Saint Cola and Tasty Steve stood up from the desk when something exciting happened, and they were not doing well at the end of the stream. Let me tell you, <laughs> that would be a. Uh, I hope they had uh, nine. They. I hope they had. The first two digits of nine one one dialed out, and they just gotta hit that button. Like, okay, nine one. Uh, I think I I'll think give it even... one more match. It's here. It's here if I need it. I just <laughs> gotta hit that button. Honestly, if they took up that challenge, they probably already had a stomach pump installed in their house. Uh, that would have helped. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know it's cool. And while we didn't get a lot of announcements at the Capcom Cup itself. We got it right before and right after we finally got the Jan the Dan trailer. You know, lots of cool things happening. Not a whole lot. Uh first before we get into that, uh, I only I've only been able to see a little bit. Uh we had a COVID health scare here uh this past weekend. Everyone's okay, which is all that matters, but that was a little tricky. Uh, to deal with, and some things kind of slid into the background. Uh, so I'm, I, I was able to watch the roundtable after the fact, and I've gotten through a couple of the Capcom Cup matches, or the uh, season final matches. But I want to give some love to St. Cola. Mm -hmm. That man has been on the grind all year. Um, he, he and particularly him and Tubaware have been really, really on the grind about getting their commentary game up ever since uh, everything started last year. Um, and it's great to see that rewarded. Great to see him at the at the end of the season on that big platform. So shout-outs to him. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's crazy because he seemingly came out of nowhere, at least to me. But I also probably just missed it. But... Uh... Yeah, like he all of a sudden he just started uh, commentating some Capcom Pro Tour stuff, and now he's in the big stage, rocking it with the best of them, and he's doing great. He's so funny. I am a big fan of that dude. So big ups to him. Because he was, yeah, he was doing pretty much any. He was serious about uh, taking opportunities. He was commentating pretty much anything he could. He could, um, you know, no matter what he the tournament with size. With fights. Oh, yes. Hey. Sharpie in the house. The I, voice of God coming in. Yeah, I've actually been here for 10 minutes. I just didn't want to interrupt everyone praising St. Cola. <laughs> you, you can join in St. Cola praise at any time. I am really sorry, stream. My, my, my machine's been acting up lately, and for some reason, every single time I loaded in, my program automatically closed, which is just par for the course for me. My brain's acting up, so it's okay. Um, in any case, it is great to see the success, obviously, that Ryan's been going through, and it's it's always fantastic. I feel, especially when companies start building out of the community 
personally, right? Especially in this online um, platform that we kind of see ourselves in right now. And I feel like St. Cola is a fantastic uh, example of that because he was one of the people out here literally grinding, uh, not just online, but offline previously when events were happening. And like you said before, he wasn't seen in a lot of events. Tupperware is the exact same way. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, Tupperware. But yeah, it's 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 really, really fantastic to see companies reaching out to people now that have been actively out here on the online platforms working hard and still maintaining the same drive that they had previously. Absolutely. Speaking of main, main, maintaining, main, maintaining, maintenance, Steve, while Capcom Cup was going on, you were maintaining a contest of some sort. I was. So we had a prediction contest, and I was going to challenge you two because yeah. every year, I don't know, Alon, I know you probably know the lore, but Sharpie may not know the lore. We have done a, a prediction contest every year for Capcom Cup among the hosts. And I have won, and among the hosts, I have either won or tied for the win every single time. And I was set on defending my title, but unfortunately, neither of you were here. Uh, so I just, I just had to take on the public. So, so I made this call. I made the call. Y'all gave me the power to run the show last week on my own, and I made some poor financial decisions. That's fine. Uh, so we ran a prediction contest. Whoever got the most right uh, or... Uh, a winner among one of the people who got the most right would get a uh, premium pass for Street Fighter V Season Five. Ooh. And if we take, yeah, and if we take a look at the results, we actually had a tie. Oh no, Steve! What have you done? <laughs> I would have, I would have been tied had I not predict, had I not bet against Daigo with prep time. It, it's my own fault. Uh, but Kurtikea and Blue each got 7 out of 12. Blue struggled on night 1, but got 5 out of the 6 right on night 2. Uh, Kurtikea got 3 out of 6 on night 1. Uh, they were one of two people who got half of the matches right on night 1. I was the other. Uh, so different paths to get to the title. Uh, they tied. So here's what's going to happen. We have two options, and I've got to discuss this uh, with two, with the two of them. They share one option. Code. Yeah. Well, well, we could do a little dodgy. One okay, one of them okay. is we do the wheel. We do the wheel of destiny. The other is we split the difference and give them both a character pass instead. Or. We make a Discord channel with the both of them, and we put the code in there, and whoever gets it first wins. Ooh, see or, that, that, that's a lot or of work. For I me. have a, I have a third, I have a fourth thing. I have a fourth thing. Or this is a very special or. Uh, it's Sharpie gets a game pass for one of them, and Steve gets the game pass for the other. Or we can treat it exactly like they treated Capcom Cup. No prizes. Or we just say no prizes. <laughs> That's just cruel. That's just cruel. 
Uh, All right. I like uh, mine. I like mine. Now, my wallet doesn't like yours. Okay, fair. <laughs> we'll, um, look, we 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 we'll we'll consult the the best of five accountant, and we'll get those out to you. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll make it happen. Yeah. We'll, we we will we will share the results of the negotiations on next week's show. But at least one of them is walking out of here with some sort of prize. At least one. We'll we'll see exactly how it plays off. Congratulations. See, that'll teach you to promise people prizes. That'll also teach I you to know. bet I'm... against prep time Daigo. What the hell is wrong with you? I don't know, man. I you know, the thing with the prizes is I felt like I had to step up because I haven't seen Salty Claws in oh, yeah. well over a year. Salty Claws had to shut down He's, the factory, man. It's COVID. Yeah, oh, Can't let the elves get and Plus, I think they're running on a delay-based calendar this year. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's the only kind of netcode the they get in the North Pole. <laughs> on that satellite internet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hey, maybe the what's the te- the Elon Musk Starlink? Maybe that'll get you up to date with uh, Salty Claws. But we'll see. We'll we'll have to check in. We'll have to send them the the carrier pigeon up there. <laughs> it doesn't freeze. Any other news for us, Steve? Oh, uh, let's. We've got a whole bunch of news, so let's just dive right into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we want to talk? How do, how do we want to do this? Do let's we just want to talk to about. Yeah, let's 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 talk let's talk straight through. Okay, we got this. So, so let's talk about the new DBFC competition. Okay, here you go. Oh, first, oh. first, first, stop, 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 what? stop. Okay, what? Because we got to give some love to Die by Soul. Oh, the savior of best of five, the patron saint for the fortieth straight month. Thank you very months. much for every every bit of support Thank you've given you us. Thank you for the sub. Uh, what was I going to say? I, I want to say 40 months is the longest, but every time I say that, somebody comes in with like a 41 or a 42, so I'm not going to say it. But thank you. Die by sword, nonetheless. We appreciate you being here as always. You are a lord and a savior of Best of Five. Keeping sword you master. there. You got the founder badge, so there is no more. There is no above. They, Maybe there is. I don't know. Ev- All right. So let's talk about this D- uh, DBFZ competition. Right, so am I playing the trailer? Uh, yes. Go ahead and play the trailer. Okay. Here we go. There we go. Uh, the, the thrilling national cha- uh, The best players to form international t- national championships, huh? Red, green, yeah. blue. Yes. Orange? So, so, so these are teams uh, composed by... Um, they're made up of players who participated in the international champion... Or the national championships. And you've got one player from each region on each squad. So, the draft took place on uh, this past uh, Friday. Or, excuse me, Thursday. Or no, mm-hmm. Friday. Pardon me. Um, and I don't have the results off on on me, and I apologize for that. Uh, but it's going to be like each character can only be on one team. Wait, so, so everybody you're going has to pick a different character? 
Yeah. Yeah, the captains the captains draft teams for each team or for each player, but each character can only be used once. Uh Blue's got a link to the chat in the chat to uh the draft results. Uh so let me see if I copy this image, would you be able to pull it up? I guess. Always making it work. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's going to start on in mid-March. That is part of uh, the new uh, the new Dragon Ball competition. It's a combination of three different Dragon Ball games. It's the uh, card game, Dragon Ball Fighters, and I believe. Uh, Dokkan Battle, right? I forget that yes. What's the last um, one? It's Dokkan Battle, the the mobile game. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you know who else is mobile? Fanatical Milk has mobilized Twitch Prime for eight months. It is a Tuesday. And again, just remember, if you have Amazon Prime and you haven't used it, use it on us because you're going to forget about it. You know, don't let it go to waste. Don't let it go to waste. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say that Blue in the chat brings up a really good point. Nappa and Zamasu won't be used during that event. And while they were very, very, very strong a couple of seasons ago, uh, a lot of the balance changes inside of Dragon Ball Fighters have left them in kind of a weird spot lately. <laughs> but one of the things I wanted to point out was that the, one of the very first characters picked was actually Kid Buu. The very next character after that was Kid Goku. And the very next character after that was Broly. And the reason for these changes are specifically because when you start looking at some of these teams, you start looking at like some of the way that the meta was built. Uh, a lot of these are not just comfort picks. A lot of these are very meta picks. Um, and so my question and my thought process with all of this is, I'm wondering if this is going to end and finally result in a balance change for the entirety of the game. Because a lot of these, a lot of these characters, uh, when you start looking a little bit, a little bit further down into like the fifth and sixth tier of the game, these are characters that are not normally used in competitive play. You have, you have. Let's just focus right now on Beerus. Let's see if we have we because we have Super Saiyan Goku here. We have, um, we have Jiren. Like these are characters that they don't always play in tournament play, but they have been being enough to being like, okay, um, we definitely want these. The first place team, the the players who won the national finals, always pick last. And by that, do you mean? Team Red, because that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. Because UI Goku was probably one of the very first or second picks. Jiren's really good now. I understand. It's just interesting to me to see a lot of the first couple of picks because the first couple of picks are people that were picked specifically for their assist power, not necessarily just for their point power. That's what I think is important. So it's like the reason I bring it up is because the characters that were really are really really strong in the game are not characters that are always strong on point. These are characters that are really really strong in the assist game, right? Uh, so my question is, I wonder if they're only running these tournaments to help rebalance the game, and that would be a really interesting way. Was my what I'm trying to get around to? That'd be a really interesting way for developers to decide on how to balance a game by doing character select teams like this inside of specifically team based games. 
it's something we saw a lot inside of the Marvel competitive world back when Marvel was, you know, flavor of the year type of thing. And it's really interesting to see it now inside of Dragon Ball. Uh, I don't, we actually have the picture. I don't, Sorry, Steve, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think it's necessarily uh, to promote a particular rebalance or to get ideas on rebalance, anything like that. I think it's just a way for them to put a new spin on an online event because we're looking at a, sig a, a significant amount of time before we're going to be able to get back into offline events and traditional tournaments. So, um, you know, we, we talked, it was kind of brought up during the roundtable where a lot of these publishers are talking about, hey, maybe we should get together and do do an event all together on our own. You know, they're thinking they're trying to get new ways, new spin to get a bit of attention on their game because these tournaments have been for a lot of these games one of the primary ways of advertising the game throughout the year. And without without offline tournaments, that's gone. So they gotta adapt and change. Here's the results of the pick. Bam. There you go. This is the graphic. And uh, yeah, uh, I can't help but be a little bit hurt in, in the, the heart region. I'm heartbroken. That's the word. About uh, Napa hanging out in the middle there, not picked. Sad that's times. Not I, I... That strong in the meta anymore? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I like the character. I'm sad he's not. Yeah, that's fair. He's a he's a he's a cool character. It's just when you look at everything that Nappa does, it's like Android 16 does it so much better. <laughs> it's just every single thing that Nappa does, Android 16 Broly does better. And I'm surprised that they picked Videl over Zama soon. Honestly, I'm also very surprised that Ginyu got in above like fucking Majin Buu for team one but i'm seeing in chat that team one team one specifically had to pick last so i guess i'm not as surprised yeah because well, that's the team of of people who won the national championships man when i played dragon ball fighters i played ginyu specifically to body switch people mm -hmm. and then see them rage quit and i gotta tell you i had a blast the first couple of months it was great. Well, Ginyu's not trash now. Like, what's interesting to me is that Orange didn't pick Ginyu because they have a couple of people on their team who are very famous Ginyu players, most notably Double L, uh, who is really, really good with Ginyu. Uh, but, I, I mean, I think the real tea comes around when we start looking at the green team or the second team there, and we start noticing, first of all, they got Baby and Kid Goku, and base Vegeta, and that team's kind of busted. Like that, 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 that team's actually hella busted. But I mean, fourth, fourth team got UI Goku, so the game's kind of over. It's just there's a lot, there's a lot more synergy. There's a lot more synergy inside of I feel second team and third team than any other team here. When you look at the list of players and the list of characters that they have, when you look at the list of characters, third team is the strongest when it comes to what they can build their team around. Second team is the strongest in terms of when you look at both the players and um, and the amount of tools that they have inside of their kits. First and fourth team are exclusively strong because of the players that they have, which is kind of interesting to me. Because didn't fourth player, y'all said that fourth player, fourth team got like first round picks? 
Yeah. Damn, that's rough. That's hella rough. I am a big fan of experimentation, so I gotta say, I'm super happy to see them trying a new format. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what comes out of this. Especially because, like, I feel like team tournaments in FGC things are always so interesting. Like, for example, let's take a look at Street uh, We can even bring up Street Fighter League and how, how uh, you have certain players who wind up shining in the team format more so than they do in the individual tournament. So I can't wait to see that for something like Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Fighters. And that... Yep, and that's right. That... Uh starts on march 6th saturday march 6th um it's as just to clarify it's dbfz uh the dragon ball super card game and dragon ball legends those three games part oh it's of dragon, dragon ball, ball legends not dokkan battle right so okay. that's all part of the dragon ball games battle hour so sort of similar to the nash uh the pokemon national championships where you've got a few different games from that franchise, different genre or different types of games, all under one umbrella. So, so Absolutely. that's something to look forward to. We did forget about one announcement that happened, well, surrounding the CPT, and I guess this could we can this is how we're going to segue into uh, the other thing, is this was first announced at the developers roundtable, but then it was just you know in good old Capcom stream fashion, played about 8,000 times too many during the Capcom Cup. Uh, and that is uh, this little trailer right here. I legit can't believe it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually impressed. Um, uh, does this mean I we have to floss now on the show? Is that... So, do I... Nope. Oh, no. Oh, no. So we're making a gif Steve, out of it's that. Different, it's different sides, Steve. Oh no. We're making a gif out of that, and Steve, you're not gonna live that one down. Uh, but I will say it is very interesting that Fortnite actually gave Ryu a gun, which he's been needing in Street Fighter Five, and he gave it to Ryu before the update came out. So he stuff. might not need it anymore. Right. He but... might be back on the character select screen. Right, but they, they gave him a gun regardless. And I also find it very bizarre that Fortnite is the closest <laughs> the closest we're going to get to another MVC with Wolverine <laughs> and Ryu fighting each other. Because <laughs> oh, Wolverine's no. also in that game. Uh, so that's crazy. Oh, no. uh, and that's one of those things where like I saw the leaks and I was just like, that can't be right. That's not going to happen. And here it is. Crazy. Absolutely so. crazy. For those of you that don't know, um, Ryu and Chun Li are now in Fortnite, and you two Fortnite? can Fortnite, and you two can see a smiling Ryu for the first time in the character's entire history. This begs uh, the question: Is this going to be our generation, like the next generation of how gamers know Ryu? Mm -hmm. You know, is yeah, this Ryu from yeah, Ryu from Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear God. Uh, Ryu and Chun-Li from Fortnite, you know. Chun-Li got, you know Chun got snubbed from the Mortal Kombat movie, so they had to put her in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad there's so much that happened this week so we don't have to talk about that. Woo. 
I'm just so glad. Um, that wasn't even the only competition that got announced. Mm-mm. We have a lot more news this for y'all, week. and we're just going to keep it rolling and rolling, ain't we, Steve? What's up? Keep what else we got? Rolling. Uh, we've got uh, the new competition announced by We Play Esports. Uh, this is an organization based out of the Ukraine. Uh, it is partially backed by Alexander Yusik. I might be mispronouncing that name, but he is a former uh, world heavyweight boxing champion. Uh, and th- this is part of what they are calling a $25 million investment. Uh, in the We Play Ultimate Fighting League, it's unclear exactly how how that twenty five million is being spent, but uh, what they announced is uh, the Ultimate Fighting League. This is going to start. Uh, it's going to be a multi season event. Uh, they announced the details of season one this past week. It will consist of three different sixteen player invitationals. Uh, over the course of three weekends in late March and early April. Those three games being Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Soul Calibur 6, and Tekken 7. Um, Each of these games will have a $50,000 prize pool. Uh, The exact breakdown of that uh, for the 16 players was not announced. Uh, This will be an offline event. Uh, it will be held in uh, their own arena, the We Place Esports Arena in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, they are they uh, just had, uh, I believe it was called the We Play Dragon Temple, which was a Mortal Kombat Invitational that was run uh, won by Tekken Master, uh, but Foxy Grandpa was there, uh, a few other big name players. Uh, so it's not their first rodeo in fighting games, but this is. Uh, what appears to be a significant uh, move into the arena. So we will see how this uh, how this plays out. Um, player players to be invited will be announced later. But again, that starts in about a month uh, with Mortal Kombat 11 on the 25th of March. Yeah, and it's crazy how disproportionate the money going into this is compared to other FGC events. So we'll see what happens. Hmm. Well. Well, uh, you know, you know, saying it's a $25 million investment, A, we don't know where that investment is going to. That might be going to their arena. That might be going to, uh, they might be thinking, okay, we're going to expand to games X, Y, and Z, and we're going to have 20 different leagues, and we're going to do that. We're going to have basically a tournament every single week, and Kiev is going to be the new mecca of fighting games. We don't know what their ambitions are yet. Um, we know they're, you know, like I said, they just ran a um, a Mortal Kombat event uh, under a similar format. It was a fourteen person invitational. Um, they are they're not going to run with crowds, so um, it's just going to be the players. And they did say that in future seasons they plan on having uh, some of the top players stay on. And then have open qualifiers for other slots. So um, there's there's still a lot up in the air. Yeah, there's still a lot in the air. Uh, but you know, it, it, as long as they 
do what they say they're going to do as long as they pay out like they say they're going to pay out. I don't it's I don't see it as a bad thing to have another player in the market. Absolutely. Especially and and you know the thing that I think caught a lot of people off guard well I, aside from like the them announcing the 25 million uh dollar investment is that the price pool for each game is 50 grand. That seems a much more uh feasible than 25 million for a game right and i think that's kind of like where the big knee-jerk reaction was coming from it's like you know they announced 25 million it's like oh million dollar price pools where uh yeah. so yeah and, we, and we've seen we've seen My that sort of approach before oh go ahead i was going to say my concern is how it's going to be marketed i guess because we've seen we've seen events with large prize pools, not not obviously this large of a prize pool before, but we've seen events with very large pri prize pools uh, fall to the foregrounds in terms of the fighting game community about how accessible they're going to be for people inside of the community, even if they are only invitationals type of thing, where people can go to view it, where people can go to access it, and things like that. My concern is that it's not necessarily going to be like. I look at I look at I look at the what they're I look at the money, I look at where they are, and I look at what games they're going to run. And my question is, not necessarily how you recoup that cost, but how do you make that sustainable for the community, right? That's a that's a that's a the amount of money they're putting in. They're expecting a big ask back from it. I would I would expect. And I guess my question is, what type of ask are they asking from the community when they put that much in, right? Especially if it's an invitational only. Are, are they asking for it back in viewership? Are they asking it for it back in terms of support for future endeavors? Are they asking for, you know, some type of brand loyalty from the fighting game community for having this game, even though it's their second event that they've ran, right? That's that's kind of where I am with it. And it's like that. those are the questions that... I would have as a consumer or someone that wanted to support the event is like, where actually is it all going? And um, an example I want to bring up is, this is going to be a weird example, but y'all remember Avid? Mm -hmm. uh, they were, they, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this to like leave bad taste in people's mouths, Steve. I saw your expression. I know. Uh, uh, no, Avid was a weird one because it Avid was sort was of a like. a weird one. I understand. My whole thing is, this has been done with events before, where they come in saying, we're going to drop all of this, we're going to put all this money back into it. And it's like, I'm super excited for it, I'm super uh, excited for the, ex for, the, for the opportunity to do this, and I'm super excited for y'all to come into our community and help us out. But also, what are you actually putting into our community, and are you just expecting us to give you our support because of the amount of money you're putting into pockets? Right? Because Avid was a special case, you're right. As soon as people understood what they were about, they were no longer about it, right? And I get that. I get that Avid, for people who don't know specifically, they were a company that helped support two large events whose names I will not state right now because I don't want to put them on blast, uh, but they helped support two very large events inside of the fighting game community, and there was a very notable tournament organizer that went on to go work with them. Um, after they came out, and the tournament organizer realized that their business model was not sustainable. The, the tournament organizer left and stated, I'm no longer about what this company's about anymore, so on and so forth, right? But they were able to help support 
to very, 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 very large events inside of the community at the time, right? And everybody was drinking the Kool-Aid, right? So my question is, now that we are exclusively inside of offline only, I'm sorry, online only, right? And there are limits to what our online only community can support. What exactly are they asking in return for these prize pools, right? Do you feel me? Does that make sense? I kind of feel you. Avid was weird because it was almost like a reverse scam. Or not yeah. e not even a scam. But it was like most of the time when you're talking, the things you're talking about, it, these companies come in and they promise the moon and they're like, yeah. okay, you, you invest in us. You, you give us the support. You give it, you know, you buy your way into our events. And then we're going to be doing this, that, and the other thing. Avid was reversed because they, like, they came in with, with like, okay, we're going to help pay for this. We're going to help pay for that. And they did that before anybody even knew what Avid was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sort of like, and that was kind of, yeah, that but, was kind of funny to watch in all seriousness. Like, you know, looking back, that was incredibly interesting to watch. But my my concern here is that I've seen the specific model entirely too many times. The specific one that they have right now for this specific event, right? And I know they ran an event before, and I understand that that went well. But I'm also saying, uh, what are they looking for in return? You know what I mean? Let like, me, that's what I... Oh, yeah, of course, Elon. I, I do want to bring a counterpoint to this. And I think that the exorbitant amount they're spending, they're spending $25 million, is not necessarily for big prize pools, but for the longevity of this thing that they're creating, right? Because if we look, yeah, let's look at this uh, graphic one more time, and it's prize pool of 50 grand per game. So that's 150,000 for prize pools for an event. That's not even close to 1 million, and there's 25 of those in there. So yeah, and, and I, keep in mind, you know, there's cost in, t in getting all of these players involved. You're flying out 50 people from mm -hmm. basically all over the world. You're doing testing. Obviously, that doesn't add up to 25 million in and of itself. Right. But they also have Dota 2 that they run events for. They also have Valorant that they run events for. So, um, I I I feel like it's not completely pie in the sky here. Um, it, it certainly I hope they succeed, but. You know, they they at least have some familiarity with what they're doing. It's not like uh, a celebrity's coming in and saying, "Hey, I'm going to run an esports thing." Okay, how do you do that? Oh, I'll just run the esports thing. Right, and you can and you so. can tell they're thinking of longevity because in the announcement they're already saying future seasons we're going to do things a little slightly different. Right. Yeah. I so, want to I want to pull up another point I did not address earlier, which I apologize on, just to expand on this conversation because I think it'd be good for it, but um. Obviously, the amount of capital that they have to work with is really large, right? And no one's saying that it's exclusively going to be for fighting game community or exclusively in prize pools or anything like that. My question is, do both of you believe that this will actually help establish a standard of pay when it comes to dealing with the events inside of the fighting game community, right? Because we already have a very long history of not necessarily paying our volunteers, not necessarily paying organizers and event runners and everything like that, or even commentators and players. Right? Do you feel that now with something like this being entered into the pool, we're one step closer to establishing a transparent and open dynamic as to, hey, here's what you want if you want to run 
this, this, and this. And that's, that's my question. And I, I already know my answer. My answer is I see Blue saying probably not. I agree with that. I don't think it will change any of that. My, my question is, what do y'all think? I don't think so either. Um, we've seen big money events come in. Um, we saw the Invitational, I forgot who run it, but at uh, South by Southwest, uh, we've seen big money invitational or big money events for like the uh, Brooklyn Beatdown. We've seen big money events come in, um, and they seem to exist in a different stratosphere as the events that rely on community support, that rely on volunteers, like your final rounds, your combo breakers, your CEOs. That that's like apples and oranges. Yeah. So I don't think it necessarily will will change anything there. Elon, do you feel the same? Uh, well, I mean, one of one event isn't going to change the entire ecosystem that's been created, right? Uh, unless it's like something completely groundbreaking, where it's like the best event ever, and now like there's a new bar to be met. Correct. So it's one of those things where. interesting it's, question right it's it's a good way to get the conversation started for uh, a better ecosystem for our uh community because you know much like everybody's saying and much like you said uh we still rely on a lot of the community to sacrifice their trips to sacrifice their uh vacations and all this other stuff to volunteer at these tournaments right we have a lot of people who go to uh somewhere and wind up uh uh, volunteering to help, don't really make a lot of money, uh, or actually any at all, uh, but they give up their weekend to, instead of uh, get to enjoy the event, they volunteer. And granted, that's a fully voluntary thing, and some people enjoy doing that, which is perfectly fine. I'm not saying, like, one's bad, one's not, blah, 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 all this other stuff. But what I am saying is the more that we start talking about getting these people paid, the more of an incentive there is for things to not be as duct taped together, right? Because you can easily, like, since it's a volunteer thing, nobody's getting paid. There's no uh, real incentive for people to actually show up and do their uh, do their job. And it happens a lot where, you know, you're at an event and all of a sudden the pool runner that's for your pool isn't there. So they have to bring in someone else. That's happened countless times to me. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, paying volunteers and or actually just hiring staff in general is going to absolutely make everything uh smoother but how do we get there and that's one of those things where like we're the we're we're all struggling for money like in general not just the fgc but just in general so i guess if it's going to get to that point like it has to come from either some event out of the blue much like this one creating a different uh, kind of system to go along with that event or something drastic which i don't know what that is but i mean it's good to get at least it's it's good because it at least gets the conversation started will it change anything for right now no maybe in the long run it's a catalyst for something but you know it's hard to say i hope my okay. ramblings made sense because i stopped listening to what i was saying <laughs> <laughs> oh man we got so much more to talk about too. Yes, because we. Yeah, still no, got... I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to hold us up with that, <laughs> that, that. But I did want to. I did want to obviously pull that up because I feel like that's always an important conversation that sometimes gets ignored when we see a large prize pool or something coming in from a new face in the community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about Guilty Gear Strive. Now, we did have a question of the day. Unfortunately, because of my streaming computer taking a big old dump on itself, uh, along with a natural disaster, I don't have it set up. But Steve, can you read what the question of the day and some of the answers, and we'll do our you best YouTuber faces to react accordingly. Uh, so I asked, basically, what was... Uh, what what did you think of the Guilty Gear Strive beta? Obviously, oh my god! You Sorry, chance. I'm just doing my YouTube real face. Go ahead. You, you're killing me here. Um, well, oh, in in the overall poll, sixty percent really enjoyed it. Thirty percent kind of enjoyed it. So ninety percent of the people who played it did like it. Um, and then kind of dislike, really dislike, got about five percent each. Uh, Taking a look at the actual responses, uh, Animate Sam said, Rocky startup, but to be expected. Uh, extended dates did have solid matches. The tower seemed like a fun gimmick, and they learned that they don't know how to dash. Koryukin uh, uh, said they really need to look at cutting the downtime between matches in the Pixel Lobby as their sole focus leading up to release. Right now, they prioritize their own user interface over getting people back into matches. It's such a pity. Any UI that forces waiting is a big no-no. Uh, Criticaea said, said it was a 9 out of 10. Uh, their only flaw was that they couldn't give Mr. Dolphin an afro. Uh, somebody foil? Uh, was glad that there's two people, uh, two things that everyone seems to be in agreement with. Uh, the great netcode, and the terrible lobbies. Uh, and uh, bullet, for my, for, bullet for My Elf uh, said, graphics are nice, gameplay is meh, and and barely, guilt, barely guilty gear, so not really feeling it. Uh, damage is insane, so tone it down. Netcode is great, though, and I maybe could ignore uh, their personal problems with the whole game design in favor of it if they never had to interact with such insufferable lobbies. Now, because of my health issue or my COVID issues or almost COVID issues, uh, I did not get a chance to play the beta. Uh, Alon, I know you did. Sharpie, did you get a chance to play? I did, as a matter of fact, yes. What, were you, what, what did you two think about it? Sharpie, do you want to go first? Of course, yeah, sure, actually. I have quite a few thoughts, and I've been very specifically quiet about them because I wanted to show them off on the podcast. So, yeah. Uh, so, I actually played the beta. I did not get to play it immediately on launch because I have not pre-ordered the game. Uh, shortly after I played the beta, when it was open, starting on, I think it was, like, Sat Friday was when they just first did it. I started playing it on Saturday. Uh, but I actually really enjoyed the beta. All the connections that I had were very, very acceptable. And um, I always put netcode first and foremost before anything else when I play games, which is why I play games like Skullgirls, Punch Planet, Them's Fighting Herds, uh, even Tough Love Arena. All the games that I play, uh, very good netcode is a must for me in order to play it. And while I was enjoying the game, I actually felt uh, like I was playing almost in offline conditions. It was very, 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 very good. Uh, I actually played Ramfall. Uh, as everyone knows, because she's the queen. Uh, and, uh, you know, actually, as a matter of fact, if y'all can wait one moment, I actually have a very special Oh, guest no, she's not gonna get the thing. To go ahead and 
talk about the game. We're just gonna bring her over here real quick. Sorry. She's gonna bring out the thing. So y'all, um, I felt while I was playing the game a special type of friendship that I haven't felt for a very long time when I was playing Guilty Gear. And uh, this friendship, I felt, brought me closer to people that I am very, very, very close to, you know? And it made me feel like I was welcome once again inside of the anime fighting game community at large. And I just want to thank Arc System Games for making such a beautiful beta and for making it so that there is a home for every one of us inside of this community. You have anything what, else to what, say, babe? What, what, Wait, that's Where are you that's... putting your hands? Where are you? You have anything else to say, babe? She also says, F Potemkin. So. Oh, my God. Those are my thoughts uh, on the beta. In all seriousness, y'all, it's great. It was very, very good. I definitely have to give it the Sharpie seal of approval. And I'm very excited to see how much they nerf Potemkin in later builds. Agreed. Oh my goodness. Y'all are y'all are just really testing the limits of my editing for, skills tonight. For those of you listening to the podcast, let me explain what has happened. And uh, that Dude. is that Sharpie went off screen to pick up uh, what is commonly known as a waifu pillow. Excuse of... me. It's a Dakimakura. She is. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Whatever Steve said of uh, somebody that looks like Ramlethal. So that is what happened. And Steve and I both like slapped our foreheads with our palm, like we face palm, the hardest I've ever seen. It was great. If I could just also take one, one, one more moment to say something before I am very rudely ignored. I just want to remind everyone to support FGC. And what that means is going to uh, myspotify.com, myshopify.com, that's S-H-U-N-A-O.myshopify.com to go ahead and pick up your own fighting game-related merchandise. Uh, just support FGC, y'all. Yeah. Also, wait, did you just say before you're rudely ignored? Are we ignoring you? You're ignoring my waifu. Well, yeah, that is true. Um... Anyway, in true ignoring fashion, my turn to speak. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm joking, of course. But, uh, I, so here's what happened. Monday, Tuesday, couldn't do anything, right? Because uh, Texas was being Texas. Yeah. And Wednesday, I got my power back intermittently. And I have the game pre-ordered, so I got to play a little bit of the beta. Because we were still under blackout order, which means no... Uh, no appliances that were not essential, so I did not turn on any of my computers, and instead I just turned on my PlayStation 4. I'm doing my part. Uh, and I got to play a lot of the beta on Wednesday night, and then, of course, Thursday, Friday, the beta was off. So I got to then play it over the weekend. Now, I played Giovanna almost exclusively throughout the entire thing. Uh, she's been super fun. Uh, it is a, a PlayStation 4 is essential. Uh, Giovanna's super fun. Uh, she has a very interesting... A couple of interesting mechanics. One, she doesn't have a run like every other character in the game has, which is kind of annoying. But she can cancel her dash into a dash. 
so she can get across the screen still very quickly. Uh, she has an infinite, which the scaling is too big for, so infinites really don't matter unless you're trying to timer scam someone. And then you also have to make sure that that person doesn't have a burst on all that other fun stuff. Uh, but Giovanna is a super fun character. She's super rushed down. It's basically like if Heyoon and Milia kind of had a baby. That's kind of Giovanna in her style. And she has a couple of really cool, uh, really cool mechanics. Like if she, the more meters she has, she gets a damage buff and a defense buff. And the way health works in Guilty Gear is everybody has a solid, I think it's 420 hit points of health, I believe. And they have differing defense multipliers. So for example, uh, somebody like Milia doesn't have a defense multiplier. It's just a one, so things remain the same. Somebody like Potemkin has a 9.5, or 0 0.95 damage, or a defense multiplier, so he takes less damage than other characters. Yeah. Giovanna, when she has full meter, has a bigger defense multiplier than Potemkin. Potemkin's is 0.95, hers is 0.93. So she takes less damage than Potemkin when she has that full meter. Uh, and she also, I, but she also gets like 10% extra damage as well. So it's a super interesting kind of mechanic. Uh, it kind of doesn't, it, it doesn't seem to do a lot except for the defense buff, right? Uh, but that might change with the full game. Who knows? Uh, and it's crazy because, you know, some other characters have crazier mechanics. Like we have Nago Ryuki with his blood meter that everybody's yeah. been going crazy about. Uh, Axel now can stop time from anywhere on the screen. Because, you know, screw it, right? Just stop time. Punish a jab from full screen. Why don't you? Uh, Potemkin is just the strongest character that's ever existed in the history of the world. Uh, you know, so uh, I'm super interested to see what they're going to do uh, from now until release to see, like, how they're going to change the balancing and how uh, they're going to change stuff. The lobby's awful. The lobbies still have rollback netcode. Or not rollback, the other one. Delay-based. Uh, yeah. You walk somewhere, and then you click a button, and it takes, like, uh, three years before you uh, even, like, get to the point where you're, you're standing still. It's crazy. It's very frustrating to deal with. A lot of people just went into training mode and did matchmaking that way. Um, I hope they fix it before the release, because that is really atrocious, and it's hard to, it's hard to deal with. Uh, I love the concept. The concept of it's super cool, but execution needs a little bit of work. The floor is really cool. I had no idea there was such a thing as a celestial floor. That shit's great. I think that's hilarious. Uh, where if you so the way the Guilty Gear uh lobby system works is they have a tower. If you're uh brand new, you're gonna start at a lower level of the tower where higher level players cannot be in. So if you're like floor six of a tower, somebody who is natively at floor ten cannot go down, but you can go up. Uh, speaking of going up, Kwanzai went up in subscriber resubscriptions for 39 months. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, I think the, the floor system is very interesting, and it is really good at kind of solving a matchmaking problem of people in, like, putting people in similar skill levels in the same place. And if you don't want to be put in the same uh, the similar skill level as other players, you can always go up uh, on your own. So that's super interesting. But the Celestial Floor is, once you're at Floor 10, if you want a specific amount of matches, you go up to, it unlocks the secret floor area, uh, and it 
looks like uh, like some c celestial place. That's why it's called the Celestial Floor. And up there, if you have to win five matches to earn your keep. If you lose two of those fives, you get booted down and you can't go back up. If you win those five, you turn into a VIP player and you can chill up there uh, with the big boys like a, like a VIP club section. So uh, I think there's a lot of really cool, interesting ideas that I haven't personally seen. Uh, there's a lot of really cool, interesting ideas with these characters. The redesign of the characters are really cool. Uh, I do agree with Sharpie. Potemkin needs to go. Uh, mm -hmm. I hope I hope that they remove at least three of his arms because he has too many. Uh, but yeah, no, I, and I think with the R code errors aside, because at the end of the day it is a beta. Uh, yeah. I think things went very well, and people are more excited uh, for this game than ever. So you know, I say overall success. You know, you know what I'm saying. I mean. I agree. I agree, Elon. I think you touched on some really good points there. And I appreciate you delving into the, the more deep gameplay, especially of Giovanna, because as someone who is a part of Ram Thigh Gang Gang, I could literally never bring myself to play anyone other than literally the sweetest woman on the face of the earth when it comes to Guilty Gear. But what I will state is that um, what I did see from a lot of Giovanna, Giovanna players is, um, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I didn't get the impression that that character was going to have that same feel when the game actually comes out. She didn't 100% feel finished, finished to mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I agree. I you agree. know what I mean? Uh, so, like, that's not that's not any slight because I understand it's a beta. And that's why, like, like, I was very broad with my description. But there were a lot of characters that I felt like they weren't really 100% finished. Her being obviously the most obvious of all of them. But I felt like there were a lot of characters who were missing a lot of hey, it's kind of weird that this move has this type of box right now, you know? I felt like there was a lot of that inside of the beta, and I was very, very happy to ignore some of that because of how solid I felt the game play netcode actually was, you know what I mean? Ignoring completely the lobby netcode, because I know that's going to be worked. I know that is, there's one, no, 100%, there's no way that lobby netcode gets into the finished game. While, while you say that, I do feel like I have a lot of pie on my face regarding one thing about this game, and that's the UI. Yes. Remember when they first mm. showed the UI? I was like, that's that's placeholder. It's going to change. It hasn't changed. That was wrong. I got pie on my yeah. face. I apologize. Yeah. I'm hurt. You know? Mm -hmm. But here's the other thing, too. Uh, and I use I use this as a measure of how good Netcode is. Uh, the person who introduced me to uh, the Guilty Gear is a good friend of mine who lives up in Oregon. Every time we play fighting games, and this harkens back to like three, Third Strike Online and uh, Street Fighter Four. Every time we play, connections always ask. Doesn't matter where I am. When I lived in Pennsylvania, connections ask. When I moved to Texas, connections still ask. We started playing rollback games. It's like, whoa, we can actually play online. It's crazy. Mm. So that that playing him is my measure of a good netcode. And we played for like six hours straight. So no problems. Yeah. So good to the guilty gear uh, and their rollbackiness, the GGPO. Welcome the rest of the FGC to rollback land. Uh, and yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of tweaking that needs to happen both in balance and in UI and other experiences. Uh, I, I, one thing actually, since you're talking about some of the things that aren't finished, uh, mm -hmm. one of the things that I think bothered me the most about playing Giovanna is she has a move that gets through fireballs. Yeah. Right? It's great. Yeah. It, it's meant to do that. But the startup of the move is so bad that I can input the move, be on startup, Kai 
can react to me to the startup of the move, throw a fireball, and it'll hit me before the move comes out. There were a lot of people who were complaining about that specific startup. And I just, my only answer is it can't possibly be done. You know what yeah. I mean? This this can't be the finished product. And it's very obvious to me that can't. Especially when you look about the amount of polish that were put into characters like Potemkin, who actually does need to be nerfed. He needs to be nerfed to the mother freaking ground. He needs to not literally be able to do any of his pop buster BS from that close. The range on it is actually kind of silly. And the fact that he has combiable comboable command grabs absolutely disgust me but in any case in any case steve we have a lot of news don't we what's up next on the docket i do want to say one more thing before we move away oh yes i'm sorry Elon. Uh, my apologies and this is this is this was the last time i played the beta because i felt like i just hit rock bottom in the sense that i don't think i could have hit any more rock bottom and as i was fighting a potemkin player and as giovanna like giovanna doesn't really get a lot of uh, uh a lot of reward for jumping right so mm -hmm. she's a very grounded character at least from as far as how i played her right uh everybody has their own opinion so i was playing this potemkin didn't jump the entire game i jumped once and that dumb piece of dookie face bad brain did the super up in the ground. did the yep. super and it killed me mm -hmm. from like half health i was like well, why I, and i couldn't do anything because he somehow guessed the right jump that i did once the entire match and I was after that. I was just like, "Well, I mean, if it's gonna be like that, then I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna take." I just want to remind everyone in our chat and all of our listeners that grapplers ain't. I was just gonna I'm sorry, Steve. I'm, I'm sorry for break making break. you edit this. Look, clip. she's she's been cursing more than I have today. No, you. No, in my she defense. Hasn't. In my defense, in my defense, I just want to say throughout the entirety of the time I've been on the podcast, I have cursed significantly less than anyone else here. <clears throat> Um, Elon, I'm not going to point any hey. elbows. How about this one? Honey, <laughs> honey, honey, honey. Uh, come it's on. a joke. It's a joke. Relax. Uh, I got to blur that now, and I have no idea how to blur that. Get, uh, you don't have to. In all seriousness, YouTube does actually look for certain hand symbols and stuff like that. Uh, Everything's all great right. here. In any case, we have even more FGC news for you, don't we, Steve? What's up next on the there, docket? There was a roundtable. As if that wasn't enough. Uh, we had the second edition of the Japanese fighting game publisher's roundtable uh, this past weekend. If you got to watch it live or on um, or the archive, uh, and you didn't study Japanese, it was probably a little tough uh, for the first 15, 20 minutes. Uh, because there were some technical issues, so uh, it was uh, Michael Murray and uh, Giuna who were doing translations, and they couldn't do anything. Or um, they were doing stuff, but we couldn't hear it. Uh, so afterwards, they, they uh, were talking about events, how events... Uh, we're transitioning from going online to offline, or offline to online, excuse me. And I talked about that a little bit earlier in the show, uh, the things they have to do differently. Uh, they also discussed uh, the increasing expectations for online play. And the big star mm. of the show was Arxis, because pretty much everybody under the sun uh, was giving so much love to the Arxis team. Uh, for the work they did on the Strive netcode. Uh, they talked, they said one of the reasons it was so successful is because they 
w collaborated with people outside of Arxis. Um, they did say GGPO specifically, but it's believed that they use that as just an example of, as a stand-in for the word rollback. So not necessarily working with the team that worked on GGPO, but working with people outside of their umbrella uh, to bring in more experience, uh, get some new perspectives, and uh, you know bring bring forth a successful product. Uh, there are two other sort of standouts. Uh, one was Harada, uh, Bandai Namco's Harada mentioned that one of the unexpected outcomes of improving netcore netcode is you end up oftentimes with more players playing on Wi-Fi uh, because the netcode works so well that a lot of people don't notice, you know, a significant, uh, a really bad experience when playing Wi-Fi. If it's a game that has a rougher netcode, you're doing every, you're worrying about doing everything you can to improve that experience. If you've got great netcode, a lot of people have a satisfactory experience playing Wi-Fi. So it's sort of like an in like a perverse reward basically for them improving netcode. Uh the other big takeaway was when it came time for Oda from SNK to discuss netcode, uh they were talking about both netcode and Wi-Fi versus hard uh hardline players. They focus, he focused pretty much entirely on the Wi-Fi side of the conversation. They did not bring up uh, any sort of discussion about rollbacks, so that's got people asking about, is that going to be part of KOF 15? Are they going to go delay-based or rollback? I, I, I said it last week. I think now that's sort of a minimum expectation uh, is rollback netcode. If you don't have that for a large number of people in your potential audience, that's going to be a non-starter. So hopefully they're able to announce that, yeah, we're doing uh, rollback netcode for KOF 15, but we shall see. Yeah, and that's why I said earlier in the show, as soon as I find, where's the button? There it is. Uh, that we saw more backpedaling than if you were to play the Tour de France backwards. Uh that exchange that was crazy that's when i tuned in too it was, it was wild yeah it was wild uh but were you about to say something steve you looked like you wanted to say something i said you know what else is wild what is wild the number of reveals we have to get through in like 15 yes. minutes <laughs> i was about to say i was about to say here we go everybody. we're gonna about we're about to go into lightning round before we do that i just want to state that some hot brand new news just came out and i'm just going to say this really quickly but Grand Blue uh, Versus actually just announced that they're coming out with a new patch. They've updated their patch notes. There's going to be new quests, new uh, new new weapons inside of the RPG mode, and they also announced that there is actually going to be new rewards as well as new sound effects. There's going to be replays inside of the games, and you're also going to be looking at a bunch a bunch of new uh, actual trophies, and uh, it looks like they're changing some playable options inside the game i did just want to announce that because unfortunately they literally just announced that i just got a notification on the phone that's why i keep looking down um and i apologize everybody for the briefness that we have to do it but we do have a lot of news to cover yeah, so good, steve i'll hand it off to you good stuff on them for announcing something during our show instead of after our show appreciate though, it hecka appreciate it hecka appreciate yeah. it and y'all i'm plugged in right now because i'm expecting more updates from another company while we are yeah. live 
It sounds like Skullgirls <laughs> might be announcing something very soon. We'll see. I Shut have up. a little bit more to announce about it, but we will keep it going, won't we, Steve? All right. Uh, we will. Let's start ready? with... We're about to start. All right. This is going to be the speedrunner speedruns. Everybody start your clocks. This is We're going to go for a WR pace, the PBWR right now. Here we go. Go for it, Steve. Uh, let's take a look at the new teaser for uh, Tekken 7's newest character. Go. Go. I'm gonna skip it because we're 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 PBWRing. Whoa, is that Poland? That looks very Polish. Prime Minister. That sounds like. Whoa, early spring, isn't <gasps> that now? That is literally now. So, right. uh, that is yes, a uh, new character coming. Prime Minister of Poland is gonna be in this tournament because. They ain't got nothing else to do. Um, a, fur a full character reveal is coming uh, at the end of the King of the Hill series. There will be a full character trailer and all of that good stuff. So, Poland getting some representation in the game. Yeah, next, let's go to the SNK stuff. SNK announced a bunch of stuff. Here it is. We got a couple trailers to play. I'm going to skip this. Oh, it's Keo. He's finally back. This was actually that one was actually from earlier in the week, so this was not part of the. Uh, yeah, this is what they announced on Wednesday after our Steve's show. I was gonna say R, but I wasn't here. Wow, that's pretty crazy, huh? All right, let's get this so, super. That was the sixth character, but not an introduced as part of a team. Yeah, interesting that's so bizarre. enough. It's almost like they needed to. Oh, oh. Wait. Oh. Oh, there's Team Sacred nice, Treasure making nice, it back yeah. for the first time since the late '90s, early 2000s. Thank God. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, Chizuru's back for the first time in, what, like, 20 years? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Wasn't the last game she was in, like, 90... 99? It, this is the first time they have ever been an actual team. Wow. Well, isn't it second? They they had a Team Sacred Treasures before. I believe... I thought that was, like, a secret team, though. Oh, yeah, that could be true. I also, I also, thought, I also thought that it wasn't, like, easily selectable. I always thought it was one of those hidden treasure things, you know? Yeah. But. So I'm, I'm applauding that. Trip, I'm heck excited about this. Yeah. St thank Steve you. totally thank missed you. it. I, yeah, no, okay. I caught it. Okay. I caught it. I, I'm, he I'm was shaking you his head it. in typical Steve, Steve fashion. It's okay. So, other interesting part uh, that means Joe still doesn't have a team. So are the mm. next two characters going to be Joe's team? Or uh, that, that sort of throws a monkey in the wrench because we sort of assume that. Each group of three characters is going to be a team. Now we know maybe not the case. So it opens the door for uh, uh, the order of these reveals. Speaking of reveals, SNK wasn't done. See, we're going PBWR. Oh, Champ Champ! I like this. They announced her, but now we finally got the trailer for for Champ or Champ Champ or however they call her. And she looks pretty cool. I gotta say, the boomerang I'm a fan of. I, also I think this is it. adding a lot more. I think this is adding a lot more layers in terms of what Sam Show is actually able to accomplish. I really like her kit. 
I do. Uh, even though I hate grapplers, I like her. She's cute. She's too cute for me not to like. You know what I, I mean? I also appreciated the first thing they showed was Tam Tam getting beat up by Cham Cham. You know? <laughs> oh, and she's coming out in, what, three weeks on the 16th? Good stuff. Yes. So, March 16th, big day for Sam Show. Uh, that's when Cham Cham hits. It's also when the game becomes playable on Xbox Series X and Series S. Oh, they finally made the Switch. Yes. To the new gen. And they also announced one more thing for uh, for Sam Show, and it's going to be a crossover uh, with Guilty Gear. It's not a new game. Uh, it is a DLC character for Samurai Showdown. Uh, in or It's a Guilty Gear character will be part of the Season 3 pass for uh, Sam Show. I think it's going to be Faust. I want to see Faust with a giant scalpel just beating up on the Samurai's. That would be so weird. Uh, I'm. I want to say it's probably Biken. Nah. Sharpie, do you have a, do you have a guess? I don't. I don't want to jinx it. Well, I, don't I mean, it could football. be. Yeah, I was. Okay. It could be Kai. Yeah. It could be Soul. Yeah, it could was. Be... But in all seriousness, uh. it will probably be Soul Bad Guy. Y'all know they love to push him for the franchise. They do, don't they? Yeah, like, speaking of it's it's either Kai or Soul. Speaking of pushing forward the franchise, we finally got the last character reveal. Not after, uh, not too long after a very crappy leak. Anyway, here it is. All right, we're gonna skip the splash screens. We all know who made this. We know what game it is. Do you know? Do you know? Because I know. It's pronounced Eno. You know what? You let her get her pun, let me get mine. <laughs> her redesign looks pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a fan. Even though I hate this character. And she already has her dash that goes up. I'm already upset at all of these air mix-ups. And her stroke the big tree goes under fireballs. I'm even more upset. And she can mash that super again. I'm even... I'm triply upset. And she's got those dumb notes back again. Anyway, and then they showed, surprisingly, a little bit of the what I'm assuming is going to be in the story mode. Look at that dust. And here's the story mode stuff. Whoa! Was that a tag Oh I my just god, saw? I'm so sorry to interrupt this right now. We just got a Skullgirls update, and I want to interrupt this literally right now, in the middle of this video, because they have officially announced four brand new characters for Skullgirls. Everybody, this is breaking news right now they have announced officially can you... four brand new characters they have not announced who the four brand new characters were oh can you put the tweet or that they I announced can. it in in the chat I can. so i can pull it up all right let's let's I watch can. the end of this let's Wait. watch the end of the Xeno trailer we're gonna watch the end of this Xeno trailer then we're gonna get to the schoolgirl stuff remember P uh, pbwr here it is look at this two two versus one story mode shenanigans and then that i'm assuming that's an insta kill Right? And that's the first time they've shown an insta-kill in this game. Crazy times. Oh, Steve, can you put that in the VMix stuff? Oh, sure. That uh, is done. Alright. And Bam. there you are. Uh, was that all we got from the... No, there was uh, something from Fexel. Oh, yeah. I unfortunately don't have the trailer here, but... I, I thought I threw it in the drive. I did not get it. I apologize. However, uh, Fexel announced... 
a new version of Fexel. It's called Fexel. Uh, well, actually, they, they saw that Street Fighter V did something with V-Shift, right? Where it's a backdash. Well, Fexel said, hold my beer. And now they have Fexel another dash. Uh, they have new... Uh... Holy crap, this is not working. So, Sorry. Go ahead, Steve. So, I'm trying to do this. So, so this is not an update. This is a new version of the game. Uh, it is... Uh, another dash, they've got basically some universal mechanics, EX dash, EX illusion. Uh, they are going to, I, it appears that they're going to replace the Goji. So instead of s certain characters ha having access to certain tools, they're going to be universal tools. Uh, they did say that they're going to launch with delay netcode, but hope to uh, implement what they call best of both games netcode. Uh i.e. rollback um, later in the game cycle. Uh, they did say that they're aiming to have that out on April 1st, but if not, they will have more information on April 1st. Okay. Wait a minute. Sorry. And then... Up the Skullgirls thing. Yeah. Alrighty, so what's going on here? I actually have to give you a new update because it was just reposted. Uh, it looks like they deleted the first one and they just reposted it very quickly. It looks like uh, the exact tweet reads, 2021 is going to be big for Skullgirls. We're excited to announce, one, the season one pass for Skullgirls Second Encore, which will include four brand new characters, all of which will also be inside of mobile. The big reveal here is that Annie, which was the DLC announced originally, who is currently playable inside of Skullgirls Mobile, we have an official date for her coming out. It is going to be early March this could mean literally we could have Skull we could have Annie inside of Skullgirl Second Encore as early as literally next week. Uh, the secondary so, note, I'm sorry. So uh, Blue has a link in uh, the Steam page uh, for that. It's going to be early access in March and then full release in May uh, for P for PlayStation. But if you have early access on Steam, uh, you can get uh, Annie in March. And you can Sorry. get the Soundstage 17 stage as well. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in addition, they've not announced who these new characters are, but the fact that they are announcing four brand new DLC characters is very, 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 very important. Uh, as, you, as you all can see, they have literally... Uh, this is kind of crazy. This is literally kind of crazy. They're not just announcing that it's inside of the fighting game, but it's also going to be inside of the mobile game. Now, as everyone knows, Skullgirls is a very special game. It's one of the only fighting games currently out right now that has links inside of both the mobile version of it and the second Encore. One hidden variable has been very, very, very open and very, very honest about the fact that every bit of success that comes into the mobile game will directly support the second Encore version of the game. Um, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I know we're out of time. I'm actually about to start my own stream, and I would highly recommend coming over to twitch.tv slash thepurplesharpie if you'd like to hear more about this update, which unfortunately I don't have time to cover here. I'm trying really hard not to freak out, y'all. This is a big deal. <laughs> this is a really big deal. Yeah. We have, is, this, oh my God. is this the first time that there's been like a season pass for Skullgirls? This is yes. the very first time there has ever been a season pass ever for Skullgirls, and that is because this is the very first time Skullgirls has been 100% considered complete. Uh, when the game was coming out previously, the game was actually still in production. So before this point, uh, literally the whole reason is called Second Encores. That is uh, the official 
uh, 1.0 release of the game. Everything before that was just it leading up to and considered DLC, and that was the official, official, the game is done. We're not touching it anymore. This is the last balance patch type of thing. That was the copy that people got when they bought their hard copied versions for the very first time. That was the kind that came out on Nintendo Switch. That is considered the official version of Skullgirls. So this is a really big deal because it's also, once again, one of the very first times that Skullgirls will have an entire, you purchase this right now, you get all the DLC coming through it as well, which is a fantastic business model. And I, I'm really looking forward to see uh, how they're going to determine who these characters are and what additional will be announced. And I would appreciate it if everybody uses hashtag Sharpie for Roxy on Twitter uh, to see if I can get the voice acting role of Roxy for DLC. Uh, I thought Second Encore was just another take on that joke uh, that they use in the game, the Count Basie joke. Because uh, Count Basie had a tune called April in Paris. And every time they would finish the song, Count Basie would go, play it again. And then they would play the ending again. And then he'd go, one more once. That's why they say one more once a lot in Skullgirls. No, I know there are a lot of like inside jokes and everything like that. But it's also, it's more specifically inside the Skullgirls community. Second Encore is used to designate the finished version of gotcha. Skullgirls, the fighting game. Basically, okay. like there's vanilla Skullgirls, there's Skullgirls SDE, which are all different versions depending on like how far back in Skullgirls history you're going. But the finished version is Skullgirls Second Encore. Oh, okay, kind of like <sighs> how the Second Encore is the last Encore for a concert. I get it now. I I put things together in my brain. You know what else? Play uh, Skullgirls. You know what else put things together in my brain is uh, how we managed to PBWR all these announcements and we have reached the conclusion of today's episode of the best of five good job everybody Ooh. all right i have been elon or at least some semblance of elon uh my brain is not all there so i do apologize for today's show but we'll be better next week uh i have been joined as always by the cohorts uh the steve the main, main squeeze ace king offsuit jerk steve take a bow Thank you. Thank yeah, this you. is our second encore for today. Uh, and the lovely, now super excited, uh, the purple Sharpie. Put me in Skullgirls! Steve, say your thing. Good night, Canada.